I appreciate you being here. You know, there's a wonderful time coming when eternity begins, the first day of eternity. Wouldn't it be a great time? Well, I wish we had a good song like that, don't you, Brother Brad? Where'd Brad go? I wish we... Wouldn't that a good song the choir sang, the first day of forever, first day of eternity? Will you open your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms? Psalms. I told my wife last night, I said, you know what? I've come right up here to Saturday night. And I said, I'm not 100% sure what God wants me to preach about in the morning. Now, I know you find that hard to believe because you think I'm always well prepared. That's a joke. You're supposed to laugh right there. But at any rate, God did speak a truth to my heart. It's not very deep. And yet it's probably one of the deepest and most precious truths of the Bible. For those of you who know the Lord, what a blessing it is. You know, everybody in this building, saved and unsaved, is facing a changing world. It's changed drastically since I was born in 1946. And it's changed much more for those who were born before me. And even those of you who are not very old, you've seen drastic changes even in the last few years. And in these troubled times, it is important for us to know that we're not alone and that there's somebody to help us, to guide us through all the maze of difficulties of life. I want to read to you a passage of scripture that I know is familiar to you in the, gospel, in the book of Psalms, number 23. And then as a companion passage, I want you to turn to the gospel of John, chapter number 10. In Psalms 23, will you look at the first verse, of course? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Here's the emphasis. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. As I contemplated that thought last night, actually, Regina and I had been watching some of the Gaither video on television. And uh, there was a song sung that made me think about this phrase. I went and got my Bible and began to read. And God blessed my heart to think about his leadership through 43 years of ministry now and through all my life. Even those times when I didn't realize he was leading me, he was. Those times when I look back and I see how God's worked in my life, what a marvel. And for those of you who know the Lord, what a blessing to know that he leads you. Now look over in John chapter 10, parallel passage to this. And I want to call your attention to verses 1 through 4 to begin with. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some of the way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And then would you skip over, let me read one verse a little further in the chapter, verse 27. He said this, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Will you bow with me for prayer for just a moment, and then Brad is going to sing a song just before I bring the message. Heavenly Father, in the strong name of Jesus, I pray for your anointing. And our Father of all the great truths in the Bible to know that Jesus Christ loved us and died for us, our Father is such an amazing thing that you could love sinners such as we are and yet give your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for us. Lord, what a blessing to know that through Him we can have everlasting life. But Lord, what a blessing and a comfort and an assurance to know 
that having trusted him and knowing him as our savior, that we are not alone in every problem we go through. Times of sorrow and suffering and sickness, we're not alone. God, that you lead us as a good shepherd. I pray God now the Holy Ghost of God would anoint me, bless Brother Brad as he sings, and we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to Brother Brad as he sings. And me, he leadeth me, oh blessed thought, oh God through Jordan. 
Thank you, Brad. I do want to just interject two quick announcements here, and, and I just forgot them a while ago. I will, I'll give more detailed announcements at the close after we go off the air. But for all our friends in the radio audience, I want to invite you to Vacation Bible School and for your children here at Benson Grove beginning on next Sunday night. And so in the bulletin, if you'll notice the date, it should be the 24th, and that starts on Sunday night. And next Sunday night, we start Vacation Bible School here at the church, and we go all through the week, and Friday night will be our commencement service, and that begins on the 24th now, not this coming week, but on the 24th. So you be aware of that and look forward to that, and uh, hope you have your children, your grandchildren here, and that'll be a a real blessing. I hope that you'll make plans uh, to have them here for that. Also, on on the Saturday night before that, the 23rd, now that will be this coming Saturday night. The, the 23rd is going to be a gospel sing here at the church. The announcement's in the bulletin. But I want to invite all our friends in the radio audience, internet audience, to come be here at that gospel sing here at the church. And if you have any questions, you call the church 894-4120. That'll be on the 23rd Saturday night of gospel singing here at the church. I call your attention back to Psalms 23. David said, he leadeth me. Thank the Lord. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It is imperative that you and I be led. Now, I'll tell you something. The Bible said that if you don't know Christ, that you're of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, you will do. That means the desire of Satan, you'll do. You're, you're captive to the world, the flesh, and the devil. You think you make your own decisions, but you really don't. You're led captive, the Bible says, by sin. You're bound in chains of sin. And so you are being led but not by your own volition, not by your own will, not by your own, your own heart, but the devil has manipulated you. The Bible said that we are enticed and drawn out after our own lust, and that's how he gets us. He, he entices us, and he would have you to follow him. And all the paths of the world, the flesh, and the devil all end up in the same place, a place called death, and then the second death, a place called hell for all eternity. It is absolutely necessary for me and you who know the Lord to be led of him. Now, why is it? Why does he lead us? And I'll, I'll deal with a few other things, but let me just reiterate this and I'll say more about it in a moment. If you're not saved, what I'm going to say to you now in the next few moments will not apply to you unless you come to the place where you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. He said, I know my sheep. He's making a distinction between the crowd he's talking to and those that are his. He said, I know my sheep. He's the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. If you've never been born again, you're not his sheep. Some people teach what's called the brotherhood of man, the fatherhood of God, and the brotherhood of man. They say that there's one God, and they, I agree with that. But they say that all the human race is the brotherhood of men, and that God has fashioned us, and that he loves us, and he does love us. But he loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son, that whoso believeth in him, that is his son, should have everlasting life. But you're not his child. Unless you do what Jesus said to Nicodemus in chapter number three, unless you be born again, become a partaker of his divine nature, you're not his child. And consequently, you're not his sheep. Why is it that he would lead us? What a comfort is to David to know that he leads me beside the still waters. It's not the terrain that he's interested in, but it is the company of the Savior that's with him. That's what's blessing him. It's blessing him that regardless of where he goes, whether it's by still waters, whether it's in paths of righteousness, whether it's through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil, for thou art with me. It's what a blessing it is to me and you. Now, why does he do that? Number one, he does that because of our condition. Because of our condition. 
The Bible said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We turned everyone to his own way. Sheep have no sense of direction. They're, they're given to wandering and they're given to go off. And you and I have that in our soul. There's an old gospel song, a, a hymn that we used to sing. And it says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. And it, there's something inside of us that causes us to want to wander. As a Christian, you've already learned this. You don't automatically get on fire for the Lord. You automatically begin to cool off if you're not careful. And that, and that's because of our condition. He says that, that you and I, he considers our frame that we're but dust. And we as sheep don't have any sense of direction. It is imperative that he leads us because of our condition. A while ago, I didn't get a chance to, to, to speak to every person as they came in. But uh, I'm thankful for those of you who are here. And uh, I saw one of our dear sisters who came in a while ago. And almost every Sunday, she's here. She can hardly see me now. But I go back to her and she says, Brother Billy, I can't see you, but you look good. And uh, I know you rest of you feel the same way. But at any rate, but she said, I can still hear you. And I watched her as a daughter, escorted her down the aisle. And what a blessing to know that because of her deteriorated eyesight, there's somebody who will guide her steps because of her condition. My friend, I want you to be honest with me this morning. You, a lot of times you don't know where to turn to. And if we were honest, most of the time we don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do about finance. We don't know what to do about the political climate. We don't know about our future for the life. We need somebody to guide us. And he said this. He said, if you're trusting him with all of your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. And so I'm glad that because of our condition, you say, Brother Billy, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to go. I don't know what to do. I'm in a situation I don't know what to do. He does. Boy, in the message that Brother Tom Gillum preached during our camp meeting, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I've got to do is follow him. And because of our condition, he would lead us. But then because of the climate that we live in, he would lead us. It's a very dangerous world that you're living in now. And without having somebody guide you, you'll be shipwrecked. And he says, because of the world you're living in, because of the climate you're in, the circumstance that you're in, He's the only one who knows the way through the wilderness. All you have to do is follow him. I remember when he brought them out of bondage and they came down to the Red Sea and they had to arc and they, they, Moses lifted that rod and then they went across on dry ground. I remember when they crossed the River Jordan and they went across on dry ground because God led them. And when you come to overflowing banks of Jordan or to a massive sea in your life, you'll need somebody to lead you across. You'll need somebody and you ought to practice following now before you get there because these are difficult days. And because of the climate that you live in, you need somebody to guide you. I love to fish. And I, I, Brother Jimmy said, he and Janet, they said they heard a rumor I went fishing. That's a, it's such a novel thing. That was news this morning when we got to church. But I, I did a few weeks ago, went to go fishing with a fellow. And uh, he is, he's like a bass expert. He took me up to uh, uh, Harris Lake took me around the lake. I didn't know anything about the lake. He showed me a lot of terrain. I, I was glad to go with him because he knew, he knew where to fish and where not to fish. When I was growing up in Roanoke Rapids, I loved to fish in the lakes and I, lit, I fished in the Roanoke River. That Roanoke River is called the River of Death by the Indians many years ago. If you ever go on 95 up by into Virginia, you cross the Roanoke River. There's just as you going into Virginia, just prior to going into Virginia. And it's called Roanoke River. It's called the River of Death by the Indians. Because of the rapids that are there, Roanoke Rapids. And it's a dangerous place. And I fished up and down that river. But you know what? I never came above that Weldon Bridge. I didn't come all up through there. There's places up there that are called the Gap and the Chute. 
And boy, it's, it, the water's just rushing through there and the rocks are massive. And you can destroy your boat, you capsize your boat, you could be dead before you knew it. And as much as I fished and as much as I spent time on the water, I had sense enough, and I didn't have much sense when I was a teenager, but I had sense enough to know that I don't go through those rapids unless I've got somebody that knows the chute or knows the gap, know exactly where you can run a boat through. And it all looks the same from the surface. But unless you've got a good guide, and can I say this to you? You'll make many a shipwreck and you'll have a lot of trouble in your life if you don't follow the good shepherd. And he wants to lead you because of the climate that you live in and because of your condition. But then lastly, he wants to do this. This last of this first part, not the end of the sermon. I saw some of you flinch. You whiplash looking at the watch. I can't believe that. It's the last of this first part. This is my introduction. But the last reason that he must lead us, it's imperative that lead us. It's because of his compassion. He doesn't take us, lead us because he just pities us, although he does pity us, but he loves us. You don't lead your children because they have physical or whatever impairments. You lead them because you love them. And can I say to you that that's available to every man, woman, boy, and girl in here? It's not just for preachers. It's not just for missionaries. It's not just for people who quote unquote in full-time Christian service. He loves every person, loves every child of God, loves his children. And he loves them all the same. And because of his compassion, that's why he leads you. He talks in chapter 10 about a hireling, somebody who takes care of the sheep for money. But that shepherd takes care of the sheep because he loves them. He knows them. He cares about them. And I'm glad to report to you this morning that no matter what you're going through, he's a good shepherd. He leads you. Let me say a word about his leadership. Number one. It's personal. He said, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me. And the Lord Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 that he was the good shepherd. And he said, I lead my sheep. Can I say to you, you're not to be led other than in spiritual growth by a pastor. You're certainly not to be led by angels or advisors. Every believer, every child of God has the personal guidance of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a personal thing. He said he puts forth his sheep. He calls them by name. And you know what happens? He come to have a sheep fold. And Brother Avery Rogers told me that an eastern shepherd in, in the days of the Lord hardly ever had over 100 sheep. But they knew every one of them. They knew every sheep. And they had spent time with every one of them. From the time they were a little lamb, he had caressed them and worked with them. And he checked them for mites and for ticks and all those things. He spent a lot of time with them. They knew his smell. He knew them. He knew every detail of their body. Knew all about them. And you say, well, Brother Bill, I've got so many imperfections. Surely God doesn't pay much attention to me. And Brother Avery blessed my heart. He asked me one time, he said, Brother Billy, do you know how out of a hundred sheep that all have white wool and everything, you know how he knew exactly what their name was? And I said, no, he said, because of their imperfections. He said he knew this one because it had a little spot on its ear. And he knew that one because it had a little, little something else. And he said he knew them and loved them in spite of their imperfections. That's what made them special to him. And whatever your problem is, whatever your need is, I want you to know he knows all about it. And he loves you in spite of your problem. He identifies that. He knows you. And it's personal that he leads you. You have to come in that personal relationship and trust him as your Savior and Lord. But my dear friend, when you do that, what a blessing it is to know that he, you, he's your Savior. His, his guidance is personal. He'll lead you. In a family, 
the, the husband, the daddy is the head of the house. But in, uh, under his leadership, he'll lead that family. Also, he'll lead the wife and he'll lead the children. He'll lead you. There's, there's no difference. If you look at a flock of sheep, there's some who are old and some who are young and some who are, who are just lambs, but he leads all of them. And when he takes them out of that fold, the Bible said he calls them all by name. And when they get ready to go to the pasture, he calls them by name and he takes this sheep out and that sheep might be called Jim or Susie or whatever. And he gets those sheep and he gets them all out of the fold. He puts forth his sheep, the Bible says, and then he goes before them. And little old Jim's walking along there and lying with all those sheep. And he said, he knows my name. I'm following him. He knows me personally. And little Sue's saying, I'm following him because he knows my name. He's, caught, I'm, he's leading me personally out to green pastures. They all know that it's a personal thing to him. He's not just leading a flock of sheep. They're not just a number, but they're a person. And I want you to know that his leadership is personal. He knows every need. He knows every heartache. He knows every care. He knows every burden. He knows you personally. His leadership is personal. Can I say something else to you? His leadership is purposed. He leads us. Now, I agree with you. The Bible says what the Bible says. It says his thoughts are not our thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. We don't always understand where we're going, but we're going to trust him. We're going to trust him. When when he leads us out, he leads us with a purpose. He knows what things you have need of before you have asked him. And the song said a while ago, sometimes it's by still water, sometimes it's through stormy seas. And I don't understand why God chooses to lead us certain places other than this, that he knows what we need in our life. He knows what would develop us spiritually, what cause us to love him more. And he has a purpose for everything he does. And most of the time, you will not understand the purpose of God until you look back in this world or in the world to come. You'll understand it better by and by why God did what he did. A lot of people rationalize why things happen if they're good things or bad things. I, I believe what the Bible said, judge nothing before the time, because I don't really understand all he does. But I can just say this to you. He does have a purpose in it. He's, his purpose is given to us in Romans chapter 8, that we might become conformed to his image. That's what it's all about. He's leading us to bless us and to cause us to be more like him. He leads us personally, but he leads us with purpose. And thank God for that. Can I say something else to you this morning? He leads us perpetually. David said in Psalms 23 in the last verse, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He leads us forever. He leads us into everlasting life. His leadership doesn't stop and start. When you know him as Savior from the time you're saved, he made a promise, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. It is perpetual. Always. He'll lead you that way. He's not going to leave you. Sometimes you feel like you're all alone. Sometimes you won't understand what's going on. But he's always there. He's always there with you. And he's always leading you into his everlasting life. And what a blessing. I want you to look over in Psalms number 139. This is a familiar passage of scripture to some of you, and we, we heard a message on it not long ago, but in Psalm 139, I want you to look at verse number 10. Psalm 139, and will you look at verse number 10? And it says this, Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Where is he talking about? He said in verse 8, If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, 
Even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. What a blessing to know that regardless of whether you're going through calm seas or troubled seas, or if you're going through blessings or pain, that he's with you. And he's going to be with you all the way. He, it's a perpetual leadership. He's not going to leave you. Not going to forsake you. He's going to stay with you. Some of you feel sometimes all alone. All alone. I remember when I was in Valdosta, Georgia, and a dear lady who possibly didn't know the Lord, I had one of our men who worked with EMS came into the morning service and he came immediately to me. His face was still white from what he just encountered. And he said, Brother Billy, I just left the motel room over at Shoney's Inn. He says, a young lady over there who took her own life a while ago. And he said they went into the room and when they went in, she had taken her own life. And he said there was a note on the nightstand that said this, nobody cares. Nobody cares. But let me say this to you. David said, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what I'm doing. The Lord cares. The Bible said, cast your cares on him. He cares for you. It is perpetual. He loves you all the time. He loves you. Oh, listen, he, he leads you. What is my responsibility in following him? He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I'm responsible for following him. How do you follow him? How do you know him? The Bible said, my sheep know me. First of all, you've got to know him. You've got to know that you're saved. Second, he said, my sheep hear my voice. You've got to hear him through his word, through the Holy Spirit of God. You've got to be listening. You want him to lead you. You desire him to lead you. You lean not to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. Trust him. Trust him with all your heart. And then the last thing is this. Not only must you know him and hear him, but the Bible does say that you must heed his word or follow him. Follow him gladly wherever he leads you. Wherever he leads, I'll go. And if you'll do that, you'll have the blessings of God. In the book of Deuteronomy, I don't have time to go to it. But in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 22 and following, he said this, there's coming a time when Israel will rebel against me. And he said, I will lead them into captivity. But he said, I will not forsake thee there. I will be with you. And he said, there come a point in time when you'll turn and you will acknowledge your sin and I will lead you out. It's very possible this morning that some of you here, as I have in days gone by, have been following the Lord and something detracted you. Something got you off the path. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Perhaps you've been following close to him, but now of late, you know you're not following closely. What do you do? How do you get back close to him? He said, there come a time. He said, I didn't leave you. And I promise you, wherever you've been, he's been with you. That's an embarrassing thing for some of us, isn't it? To know that wherever you've been, you said, I went off, left the Lord, I backslid on the Lord. You didn't leave him at church. You didn't leave him at the house. He never left you. Most of you would be embarrassed if your mom and dad knew everything you'd ever done, everything you ever said. Not because of the penalty that you might receive now, because of the pain it would cause them, because of your disobedience. And we disobeyed the Lord many a time. We called him a lot of pain. But he said, I'm not ever going to leave you. Even when you're in the land of bondage, I'm not going to leave you. I will be with you. And he said, there will come a time when you'll turn and you'll repent and you'll call on me. And he said, I will lead you out. Can I say to you, you don't have to go find him today. You don't have to hunt him down. You don't have to go off somewhere and look for him. He never left you. He's right with you. He's waiting for you to turn around in heart and mind to him and say, Lord, I want to come close to you. I want to follow you. I want to get in line with you again. 
My dear friend, if that's your case today, I encourage you to get around this altar and meet him. You don't have to go through me. You go to him directly. If you're not saved today, he wants you to be saved. The first place he leads you is to salvation. The Bible said it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And who's doing that leading? It's the Holy Ghost. He leads you to repentance and he leads you to salvation. If you're not saved, he may be speaking to your heart, drawing you this morning to come to him by faith and trust him as your Savior and Lord. He leads you to salvation. And for those of you who are saved, and as far as you know, you're far as close as you can, yet you don't understand what's going on in your life. I want to reassure you this morning. He's leading you, my friend, personally. You, you, you've not been lost in the crowd. He knows what you're going through. It's a purpose in it. He has a purpose for it. And then I'd say this to you, he won't leave you in it. He'll bring you through it. Will you bow with me for prayer this morning with every head bowed and eye closed this morning? That simple little truth so spoke to my heart. It was a blessing to me on last evening and all through the night. And then shortly after that, I got a call from Gary Snow that his little boy Joy was at the emergency room and possibly had appendicitis and asked if I would pray. And I did. And I said, Lord, I thank you for leading me. But God, I'm glad to know that you're with Tammy. I'm glad to know that you're with Joy. I'm glad to know that you're with Gary. That what they're going through now, God, you're with them. Although I'm not there, you are. I'm glad, my dear friend, no matter what you're going through today, he's with you. And I want to just challenge you tonight, today, to listen once again to this song. And for those of you who may have wondered all we like sheep have gone astray. You maybe have wandered away from him. You need to come back. Will you come back? He didn't leave you. He knows exactly where you are and where you've been. He's waiting for you to turn in with a repentant heart. And he'll restore you. And you can follow closely to him. If you're a Christian and you recognize his leadership, but yet you don't understand all you're going through, sometimes it's good just to bow before him and acknowledge his presence and say, Lord, I'm glad that I don't know what's going on, but God, you do. And Lord, I want to just confess today that I love you and I know you love me. And regardless of what happens, I'm never going to quit following you. I'm going to stay close to you, Lord. If you don't know Christ, I invite you to come trust Jesus this morning. There are good people who'd pray with you around the altar. If I could pray with you, I'd be glad to do that. But you might come right now yourself and just come and get around this altar and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come in my heart and save me. Can I tell you this? He knows you as well as he knows me. He knows all about you. And when he died on that cross, he died for you. And he knows you, knows your name, knows where you are. He's waiting for you to repent and to receive him as Savior. You won't have to talk him into it. He's willing and ready and able to save to the uttermost all that call upon him. Will you stand together with your heads bowed and eyes are closed? Heavenly Father, in the strong name of Jesus, I pray God the Holy Ghost right now to touch our friends. I want to thank you, God, for those who, Lord, have gone through dark days. Lord, we confess before you, we do not understand the circumstance, but we do know the Savior. We know the shepherd. We know, God, that everything we've been through, God, you have purposed, and it's personal for us. And God, I'm glad that your presence is always perpetual. God, that you've got a plan and God, you're working your plan according to your good, for our good and your glory. And God, I pray you'd help your people, our Father, to bow in submission to you and acknowledge that leadership. And then, blessed Holy Ghost of God, 
I would pray this morning that not a man or woman or boy or girl here would leave lost. God, I'm glad it's the work of the Holy Ghost of God to draw men to salvation. God, I pray this morning that the sweet Holy Ghost of God will convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment and that somebody would come to trust Christ in simple faith to bow and receive you and experience the wonders of the new birth. For our dear friends, our Father, who know you, but yet they've been wandering. They've been as sheep gone astray. I pray, God, this will be a good time when they get close to you once again and they know your presence. Will you stand with your heads bowed? As you're standing now with your heads bowed, will you please listen? And as Brad sings, I invite you to come. Whatever God leads you to do, I'll not prolong the invitation this morning. You know if God spoke to your heart or not, you come quickly as God speaks through the song. Listen as Brother Brad sings. If you know the song, you might sing it, especially the chorus with him. Listen, you come right now. You're not the first. Many are coming already. Come on.